0: Hi John, how are you doing? Hi Richard, great to be connected. Yes, good to have you too. Uh, John, as we uh, discuss a topic on on the podcast this time, we have something called career sponsorship, uh, a term which is now definitely trending on LinkedIn and making waves with corporates. But before we get to the term, uh, I want to start with the basic. We've always heard of a career being associated with mentors, so. Uh, I want your views on how essential is it to have a mentor for career growth.
1: So the word mentor
0: is something that you know all of us have
1: heard a lot, right? Especially in a corporate context where uh, you you know have a long pathway. There's a uh, lot of things that you to do in your in your career to keep growing. Uh, so let's maybe start off with what uh, what's maybe accepted as what a mentor does right so uh, uh who is a mentor you know someone who probably gives you uh, advice along your path typically someone who has got more experience than you uh, and has a wide angle lens to uh, you know your career path right someone who's been there and that uh, maybe a couple of levels or three levels above you uh it could also be someone who comes from a very different background, gives you a very, very different perspective uh, from where, how you are seeing the world, right? So uh, question, do you need a mentor? I think it makes a lot of sense. It's great to have uh, a, a sounding board, have someone who can who you can keep sparring with, someone who you can keep comparing your perspectives with. All
0: right. So... Um... Mentor is someone, what I gather from this is someone you need to show you the way to to direct you. What are your views on career sponsors, which is now becoming a term that is being paid much attention to in the corporate space?
1: I guess the expectation from a career sponsor is slightly different from that of a mentor. Uh, A career sponsor is someone who's expected to be a little more proactive than a mentor. A Mm. mentor is someone whom you Uh, ask questions you, ask for advice, you take feedback from, and then the role of the mentor uh, is then suspended until the next such touch point. Uh, A career sponsor is someone who is expected to maybe open doors for you a little more than what a mentor would do, uh, pick the phone up, call people for you, uh, give you more specific granular advice. I think that's the essential difference between a career sponsor and a mentor.
0: Interesting. So tell us about your journey, uh, your your growth, and who were these individuals, you know? We would like to hear two interesting anecdotes.
1: So I have a lot of people in uh, my growth uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I maybe want to rewind back to my first job when I, was, when I used to work at Infosys.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. And
1: back then, uh, you know, I was lucky to get a manager who was very open-minded. Um, and I used to have this weird habit where, you know, in the daytime I would uh, not be really very productive. But uh, one day, when I left the office, that is where my work really started. And I would have this habit of getting a lot of work done post regular working hours, uh, sometimes many times over the weekend. Uh, and I was able to uh, get a lot of things done. In the first maybe couple of months, I really struggled at work because I couldn't figure out, uh, you know, uh, the complexity of the code bases that we work on as engineers.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I couldn't really figure out how I needed to do my work in a very, very large code base because in college, you typically end up having uh, much smaller and simpler problems to solve, right? Uh, but my mentor gave me uh, that time uh, as a manager and uh, after a few months, I kind of figured it out a lot better and I started putting in probably some extra work uh, Off the cuff and I guess he realized that uh, you know uh, there was something different and extra that I was willing to put in now to to his credit he was someone who recognized that mm-hmm. and uh, you know really kind of promoted me within the organization right so he, he highlighted the extra work that I put in and you know for me that was good understanding that you know, if you put in that extra work it actually gets recognized uh, and I would like to contrast this with my uh, next manager, uh, you know, when I moved to a very different business unit, when I moved to a very different project, uh, you know, now this person was someone who had been lost my way through because uh, the new experimental technology is still in beta, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was very little documentation out there on what has to be done to achieve an object in that that kind of, a, you know, code environment. Uh, but uh, we had to work really hard and a few of us put in like a lot of extra hours. And finally, we reached a point where we actually solved the business problem that the company had given us and came out with a good good product. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the second manager, you know, took it as business as usual, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think he had already decided what kind of ratings and feedbacks he wanted to give us. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, after working for three months straight, 3 a.m. shifts daily, uh, and the feedback he gave us was you, know, you have to probably contribute more to the company's knowledge repository, right? And mm-hmm. I thought was, well, hey, do you want me to now work from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. and do that? But one minute go home and get some sleep so that I can come back to work the next day, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And he was very,
1: very interested in that, no, that was very important. Uh, and I, I do agree that contributing knowledge repository might be important, but given the situation, he should have looked at it differently, right? Now, that was a very different experience for me. Right. only really understood the difference between a manager who kind of uh, encouraged you, motivated you, and kept you going forward, versus a manager who was actually uh, so far away from the action that he couldn't figure out the hard work that was required to kind of make an outcome, uh, and could not recognize it either. Right. So these are my very early experiences with mentorship when I started off in my uh, in my work life.
0: So uh, did you did you go did did you get a chance to go home and get some rest or did you work till five AM? Yeah.
1: Good question. I think both yes and no, yes. That's how I would answer that.
0: <laughs> so, John, before we I, I even get to, you know, asking you who you would define as job for your, your sponsors, one thing that's you know, that's that's a a consistent thing that you've been mentioning through is uh, the amount of hours or the amount of extra work or the amount of initiative that you took in your early days. You my question there, uh, whether it's a mentor or a career sponsor, how much onus lies in the individual for his or her career growth?
1: Yeah, see, I wouldn't want to link this to the amount of hours or the number of hours that you're putting in, right, uh, because different people have different approaches to work. Absolutely. Right. Uh, however, you know, I think the uh, the fact that you have to take initiative, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we, uh, we realize at some point that uh, we didn't have that right mentor or we didn't have that right career sponsor in our, in our careers. Right. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, my experience has been that if you're looking for uh, the right person, you will find uh, someone or other along the path. Right. When they say that uh, when the student is ready, a teacher appears. Right. So if you go looking for a good mentor or a career sponsor, you will. I, my guess is more often than not, you will find a really good person. So tell us about uh, your teachers,
0: your your career sponsors along your journey.
1: So, so I, uh, you know, during my Infosys stint, you know, I realized that you know, I I wanted to become an entrepreneur,
0: and uh, mm-hmm. I went to I
1: am uh, I am on the with that objective way uh, mm-hmm. back in 2008. Uh, and I think within the first, uh, you know, week also on campus, you know, there were a lot of uh, very thought-provoking incidents that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first and, you know, uh, very funny thing that I found when I reached campus was
0: you know, on the second
1: day of being on campus, uh, we had a team of people coming to us and saying, hey, start writing your CVs. Uh, and and okay, I I just joined in the batch now. I'm not okay. the batch that's going to leave campus, I just joined. I got two years in front of me. He said, no, no, you are just not getting CDs right away. Because, you know, without a good CD, you'll not get a campus placement. Right? And then, you know, without a good campus placement, then you'll be doomed for life. I was like, hello, but I just came. I have no idea what I want to do. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think that was the kind of culture that was typically there on, uh, you know, uh, on campus, right, where you're encouraged to be very clear about, uh, you know, where you want to be going and, uh, you know, be very clear about how you want to position yourself when you go forward in your career, right. right. Uh, the only challenge being that when anyone just comes into a the course, their clarity levels are very low, right, and therefore, uh you do end up getting very heavily influenced by a lot of people around you, especially people who are uh, maybe one year senior to on campus, right? Or people who come back, coming back to campus from uh, campus jobs uh, and who companies set back campus to kind of attract more talent from campus, right? Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of voices and uh, it's very difficult in those, especially in those first six months to a year to figure out what you really want to do in life. Right. Hmm. Uh but because of the amount of pressure that people come under, a lot of people end up going for very standard kind of objectives, you know.
0: Take hmm. a finance
1: role, take a consulting role. Right. So it becomes very, very, you know, uh, focused on maybe a couple of sectors or a couple of roles that everyone wants to be taking. Hmm. Uh, and that is really not my cup of tea. Right. So this is one of the first incidents that happened to me. The yeah. other incident that happened to me was when uh I came on campus and there was entrepreneurship fair. Um, hmm. and uh, I bumped into a professor called Professor Handa, hmm. uh, and uh, he did the session for about maybe 100 odd people in our batch who were interested in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. right? and he came in in a 60 in a minute session he came in with an extremely hard eating message and right? mm-hmm. uh, I think back then India was a very different country uh, you didn't really have so much of capital flowing around for entrepreneurs to start companies and obviously the big question on everyone's mind is that uh, if it worth trying to take a risk as an entrepreneur, right? And uh, uh, I think he responded to that question in a very, very, uh, you know, powerful manner, right? Uh, he said that, guys, what you guys don't realize today is that the risk of you getting fired when you're working uh, in a senior role in a corporate is actually higher than the risk of all of you failing as an entrepreneur.
0: Right, and it's
1: something that none of you guys even think about, right? You think that you're going to work, you're going to work hard, you're going to do well, and then that journey goes on and on and on. And that's not how the world is, right? So, uh, instead of being dependent on an employer to be able to give you money, right, why not Mm. learn how to to make your own money, right? That was a very powerful message that you delivered. Mm. At some level, it was quite in line with, you know, the way I was anyway, kind of, you know, I was having some stray thoughts on you know wanting to do my own thing and figuring out how to use campus for that victim, mm. uh, so his message resonated very well um, and the next couple of years, you know, I spent a lot of time with him on campus mm. trying to figure out you know uh, what is my thought <laughs> forward i I in touch with
0: him.
1: Yeah, so as a first-gen entrepreneur, you know, where you're coming from a, uh, you know, family where your parents are typically mm. worked for the government, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a typical thing which every Indian family thinks, right? Yes. So, uh, coming from that, it's very difficult to pivot to an entrepreneurial mindset uh, very early even in, in your life, right? So, I tried to use those two years to really change my mindset, change my way of thinking. Uh, look at business from a very, very different perspective, right? Uh, Mm. And back in those days, you know, uh, you know, businessmen were still seen as, you know, quote, unquote, Uh, you know, uh, you know, that's how, you know, when you're working with the government, that's how you look at business, right? So I had to like spend those two years to figure out, I knew that I wanted to go to the other side, uh, but the specifics were not very clear. Yeah, so Professor Sunil was obviously one person who did spend a lot of time with students on campus. Uh, and I found uh, you know spending time with him very value adding because most of the other courses and uh, you know a lot of the other things that you learn on campus uh, mm-hmm. you know very very insightful knowledge uh, but doesn't really prepare you in any way for entrepreneurship you know at least back in those days right yeah. so this is probably one one of the courses or one of the mentors who really kind of helped me you know, get into the mindset for, you know, maybe dropping out of place just being you know, uh, just starting up your own business, you know. And I knew that I wanted to start a bike from campus, right? And I had uh, your typical uncles and aunties coming and saying, hey, why don't you at least take a job from right. campus so that it looks like, you know, you, uh, you didn't start a business because you couldn't find a job. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that was the kind of feedback I was getting. <laughs> uh, guys, I think you know I I have enough confidence about myself, so at least that much is a given, right?
0: What I need to do is
1: figure out what kind of business I want to run and start, right? So, and that's where Professor Sonal uh While he did not obviously tell us what business I should start, but uh, I think the mentoring along the way uh, and the wide-angle lens and the perspectives, which are so different from you know what you get in 99% of the time, you know, I Correct. think that was really helpful.
0: And John, let me, you know, just the entire perspective that you gave us, right? You probably had advice coming in from every corner. How did you filter? How did you uh, decide what should I keep and what should I let go?
1: And that's a great question, Rucha. Uh, in fact, you know, for several years, in fact, I I had little clue about what, uh, what advice I could filter or let go. Uh, I looked at it more as whom I should take advice from and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where uh, I should ask advice from, right? And I think in the early days I would take a lot of advice very literally because I myself had very little perspective, right? Okay. So when I got advice, it, it was like, you know, like the Bible, right? You just follow it without thinking, right? But after a few years down the line, I realized that, you know, uh, even from the best of people, you know, when they're going to give you advice, they're probably going to give you what is work worked for them or they're going to give you their perspective and their world. Right, uh, and it's really the onus is on you to figure out what works for you and what right. ideas you need to uh, really what works, what will work for you, what makes sense for you in your context, right? And that's an extremely challenging uh, kind of process, right? Because, on one hand, you're in front of a mentor because you need uh, a wide angle you need someone who has more perspective than you, right? On the other hand, you have Really apply a very critical thinking mindset right just because it's coming from a person you know falling for an authority bias right uh, doesn't really help right because finally if whatever decision you take goes wrong you own the decision right and you take the hit if it goes well you take the credit so finally it's up to you so right. after the first few years you know I kind of learned that you know that uh, some advice I God was very useful very valuable uh, would take me a long way forward. Some advice that I got uh, actually really uh, was very counterproductive. And, oh, interesting. Uh, Yeah. So I learned, I so the way you look at it is, you know, review and revise. You, you take advice, you implemented it, uh, and then you have to review, right? Which advice works for me? Which advice works for my kind of, way of living, my kind of, way of thinking, the team around me, the business I am in, mean, the market, you know, what works for this versus weak advice did not work, right? And then you try and figure out those patterns, right? Why did something work and why didn't something work? Where did we go right. wrong in the way that we were looking at it? Is it an implementation problem or fundamentally did the idea itself not make sense? Right. right. Uh, yeah. And the journey of a startup in that sense is very interesting because uh, and depending on your scale, what works at any point in time is extremely different, right? So if you're going on a journey that goes from one to ten to hundred to thousand to one lakh you know to maybe a million right on each zero level, the advice that you can implement is different
0: absolutely, John, this brings me to a question that I've always been very curious of is uh, mentors, career sponsors. Uh, today, you began as a student, you're a founder yourself, and I'm sure you've transitioned along your trajectory to becoming uh, mentors for many and career sponsors for many. Let me ask you this, and very, it's a very candid question. Do mentors career sponsors also lose their way, or do they always have it 100% right? So it is isn't the question of the advice they give to people or their own part? More on the advice, because somebody's banking on them for advice.
1: Yeah, of course. You know, they'll probably try and, you know, give you the best possible solution, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's always, uh, you know, in in uh, the HR and psychology space, there's this concept called the Johari window, mm-hmm. right? It says, you know, there are parts of you which uh, you don't know about yourself, but others know. There are parts of you which others don't know about yourself, but you know. And there are also parts of you which no one knows neither you nor know someone it has to be discovered, hmm. right so in a scenario like that for someone else to give you advice which is absolutely bang on and fits for you doesn't you know it's it's not going to happen right right yeah so i think it's important for you to uh which is why i said importance of critical thinking right looking at uh, a scenario or a situation and the advice as objectively as possible. Uh, You know, if you yourself can zoom out, step back, take yourself out of the equation, right, and apply what I call a a whole brain approach, right, Mm -hmm. that becomes very important, right. Many times in the way we think, you know, you will find that we uh, either look at the decision very analytically, very logically, very systematically. That's one way of looking at decision making, right. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we look at a decision very intuitively, very creatively, very emotionally, right? So these are both slightly different ways of looking at the problem, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, our education system ends up typically bucketing us into one of these two buckets, right? So if you're someone who is an engineer or a commerce grad, Mm -hmm. you typically end up looking at life very analytically, logically, uh, very number-oriented way because that's how your education system has trained you, right? Whereas if you're someone who is is from uh, arts, or uh, marketing background, you start looking at all problems from a very intuitive, creative, emotional perspective, right? Uh, if you can now combine both these perspectives into one, right? And if you're looking at the same problem when you're making a decision, if you look at both all these angles, right? Before you finally take a decision, you know that is where I think your thinking becomes a lot more refined, right? So even when you're taking mentorship advice. Mm-hmm. This probably really helps to
0: have to improve the success of your
1: of your decision, right? To improve the probability of success.
0: That's some great mentorship advice on this podcast itself, John. Thank you so much. It was a delight chatting with you on this subject, and we'll see you very soon for our next one.
1: Thank you, Rita. Thank you. To you.
0: Pleasure. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thank you.